In today's show, we're looking at, not looking ahead, what am I talking about? We're looking back at all the action from Sunday in the NBA. There were four games on, but there is quite a bit for us to talk about. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com. And you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore Beeble and on Instagram at LockedOnFantasyBasketball. Today's episode is brought to you by Price Picks. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to 100 bucks with the promo code LockedOn. That's PricePicks.com. The promo code is LockedOn. Thank you for making LockedOn Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and we are available on all platforms. There were only four games on. I've done a waiver wire show early today, plus an absolutely ball bursting 15 game preview for tomorrow. So you can check those shows out already. I'm also rocking this sexy mustache. If you want to donate to that, Movember.org.au or there's a link below in the description or the show notes, depending on where you're watching slash listening to this show. And you can see this thing fill out nicely. All right, there's four games on. Waiver Wire show earlier today, so we're not going to do most added, most dropped players. We covered that in the show earlier. We're going to look at some news, and then we're going to look at these four games again, where there was some pretty interesting things happen. Warney? Let's get it on, Gilly. <laughs> Pascal Siakam's groin is a big topic of conversation, rightfully so, because he's going to be out for the next two weeks, unfortunately. We'll talk more about the fallout from that in the Raptors game against the Bulls today, but that's not great because Siakam was rolling top 10 in points leagues, like 25th in category leagues, much higher if you're punting free throws. It's not ideal. The Raptors did get the win today, but um, that's not that's it's not very good. Cam Johnson, knee surgery. We don't know what though. Did he have a meniscus repair? Because if he did, that's season over. Did he have a meniscus trim slash removal? Well, that's six to eight weeks. Irrespective, if you don't have the injured slots and you're in a daily changes, no, if, so, okay, the blanket statement, no stash ability, you drop him. He's not that good that you have to hold through injuries that might be minimum, I would say minimum six weeks, absolute minimum, probably minimum two months, chances are season over. You don't have to hold someone like that. The replacement, Tory Craig, is the starter. He's probably more of a 14-team league guy. No, Dario Saric is not going to start at power forward or play 28 minutes a night at power forward. They don't really view him much as a power forward. He's sort of a hit or miss small ball center who is behind Landale and Biombo and Ayton and Craig and Johnson in their regular rotation. Damian Lee will take on some more minutes as the shooter. He is the best shooter that's not Cam Johnson in that reserve you know, slash fringy sort of players. So he'll get a few more minutes as well. Trey Young, this is after I did the preview show. Trey Young did pop up on the injury report with a shin issue listed as questionable. Aaron Holiday has been getting a lot of bench minutes ahead of his brother Justin, ahead of AJ Griffin. I wonder if they would start him next to DeJounte or they would put like a Justin Holiday in there. But Aaron Holiday has been the guy getting the bulk of the minutes, meaning that while, yes, we've got DeJounte or Trey on the court at all times, they're all running. They're basically running two point guards nearly every minute of the game. Because that's what Aaron Holiday is like a point guardy sort of player, but who's more of a shooter. So he might be a guy that gets a bit of a boost there if Trey is out. Anthony Simons, red. Doggy 
He is doubtful with that foot issues. Missed the last two, and he is doubtful. I thought he would play, but no. But Lillard is questionable, so that's good news there. We might get Dane back, but Simon's out. Not close for Kawhi. Hmm. So he's going to miss today's game, Sunday. He's definitely missing Monday's game. They're off Tuesday. I There's no timetable for him to return. He hasn't done any on-court work. Just tell us what the setback is, guys. Yeah, we don't have to. It's private medical information. Okay, cool. Tell us what the setback is. Look, there's a definite setback here. And you don't play for Orlando, so I can't give you that excuse. Something's going on. I don't expect Kawhi back this week. There was no indication ever that this would happen. This is a setback. Kawhi played in the preseason. He started games in the preseason. He played regular preseason rotation minutes. Something went wrong. In between then, something went wrong. He was on track to be playing 30 minutes basically by now. And he's not. This is not a failure in drafting. Well, I mean, it is because it's been shithouse, right? And I guess it is a failure in my analysis to say, hey, I would take Kawhi in round three, especially in like Roto Games Cap stuff where I can sit him on the bench because every indication, including preseason, told us that he was ready and he'd miss back-to-backs and he'd ramp up and be up to 30 minutes really quickly. Something changed and something went wrong. I don't know what you do with Kawhi now. This is massively troubling. Do you just trade him for any top 50 player? Could you even get a top 50 player? If I could get a top 50, I would do it. I don't think I can. Pat Beverly is going to be out again tomorrow. Rudy Gobert is going to be out again tomorrow as well. Beverly with an illness. So Kendrick Nunn started today's game, but he didn't really do anything, did he? Because he's not very good. Um, we've got guys like Troy Brown and, of course, Russell Westbrook, which we'll talk about soon as well. Well, Gobert is out, so Kyle Anderson becomes an option. But again, there are 15 games on. So we're not really streaming these guys in because we're realistically not going to be able to use them a whole amount. Price picks is daily fantasy. And it's the best way to do it because you don't have to create salary cap lineups. It's just you versus over, under player projections. Simple stuff. You get between two to five different individual player projections and you chuck them in your lineup. If like me, you want to go and set up a disc golf lineup, you can go and put Matthew Orham into your lineup and choose the over-under amount of, I don't know, shots hit under par. I don't know how disc golf even works, but I know that I am a massive Ezra Adderhold fan and I'm also pretty big on Aaron Gossage. Apologies if any of these guys are problematic. I don't know anything about them, but disc golf is an option. We can also do the NBA, I guess, for, for price picks. You piss pick over-unders up to five guys in a lineup and you can win 10 times your entry fee. It's available in 30 states, over 30 states, in fact, and in Canada, and it's not just disc golf in the NBA, it's NFL, it's NHL, it's college football, college basketball, European basketball, golf, NASCAR, PGA, boxing, MMA, even the old cricket. All that stuff is there. So download the PricePix app or go to pricepix.com and sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to 100 bucks with the promo code locked on. If you deposit 100, not 101, but if you deposit 100, PricePix will give you 100. If you deposit 50, PricePix will give you 50. Don't forget to enter the promo code locked on at sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100. Let's do, oh, we'll get into the game in a second. But before you do that, after you've listened to Locked On Fantasy Basketball, check out Locked On Sports today. That'll give you all the big news across all the sports, including Tom Brady and the big comeback today. From the Buccaneers, go check that out at Locked On Sports today. First game, early game, Cavs get the win over the Lakers. Good for them. Well done. Um, Yeah, 114-100. Mitchell returned, Garland returned, and they both were really good, I guess. Yeah, 37 minutes for Mitchell, 33-5-2. 
the two is important, two assists with, with Garland back. Watch that. But good usage. Garland, 39 minutes. Okay. 24, 4, and 7. Good good uh, assist and solid usage. 28 usage. These two are really fun to watch. We expected Kevin Love's assist numbers to come back with the guards returning. 10, 10, and 1. That was expected. Love is the 110th ranked player this season. He's fine as a fringe 12-team league guy. I don't think he's must roster at all. This is solid enough. Well, the Karis Levert um, thing happened. The guards are back. Where did Karis's assist go? Well, they disappeared. Three of them. And of course, he was 50% from the line. He still had 12, 4, and 3. It's not a disastrous line. And he's 124th this season. You can hold on to him. I, I don't think it's going to last. I think he's going to be outside the top 150 really soon in fantasy, and that's going to make him a drop. Evan Mobley, I reckon there's a bit of a buy low going on here. Five points on 29% shooting is rough. He did have some foul trouble at, at one point early in this game. He still brought seven rebounds, two steals, three assists on a block, so good peripherals. But the offense is really down. Now, a lot of people went very high on him, second round, third round in drafts, and we always had that concern. Hey, where does the improvement come from? We knew that blocks were scarce, so getting him for blocks maybe boosted him up a bit. But I reckon... While he is a buy low, the people that drafted him probably took him in round three. So I'm not sure they're going to be willing to move on from their round three investment for a top 60 player, which is not, he's not even a top 60 guy this year. Um, 64th ranked player so far. Hmm. So I reckon that you probably can't buy low, but if you do have him, you just got to hold and wait for a little bit more stuff to come. Jarrett Allen, 16-11 in 28 minutes. He did have four fouls as well, so that limited him somewhat. Two steals and two blocks though, pretty solid. There is a little bit of um, a little bit of upside there for him, but we'll see if he's able to do more than that. For the Lakers, I said I was going to talk about Russell Westbrook, and I will. Price of the brick going up. 19-3-10, 32 minutes, two steals and a block. Russell Westbrook, hold on to your dicks. Russell Westbrook, in the last week, is the 20th ranked player in category leagues. He is 72nd from the, for the season. He was like 300th before he moved to the bench, or 250th or something. He's moved to the bench... And everything makes sense again for him. I don't know why it happened or how it's happened, but it has. I thought he could go to the bench and just completely disappear and may not play and play 20 minutes a night and still take horrible shots. But instead, everything is working and it's great. It's great for him. It's great for his fans. It's great for Lakers fans. They're still losing, but it's great. 46 from the field, 80 from the line, 19-3 and 10, two steals and a block. It's a great line. LeBron is still not right. In fact, LeBron is struggling. 39th ranked player this season, 108th over the last week, missed all of his free throws. Now, he's definitely ill. But we knew there was going to be a drop-off from LeBron last season. He wasn't going to average that percentage from the free throw line, most likely. He wasn't going to average the career high in blocks again. And that, that has fallen away. 27-7-4 is nothing to sneeze at, but it's not the top five player that he was last season, obviously. Davis had 19-12, and 12, pretty strong night for him, while Troy Brown somehow even though he's not a three-point shooter, continues to hit threes. Two threes here, 12.6 rebounds. He's a solid 14, probably 16-team league guy. Lonnie Walker. Um, oh, I, can do the, I can do the sound with Lonnie, can't I? Hello. Now, Lonnie did hurt his wrist and have to go to the bench, but inconsistency has always been this bloke's issue. Six points in 19 minutes, one rebound, one assist. He's playing well above his head. And despite all of the praises heaped on Lonnie Walker this season, you want to know where he's ranked? 134th. That's fringe 12 team. Now, I still think you probably should hold him, but what he's been doing, some of the stuff he's been doing is well above all career norms. And there was going to be some regression. Now, this is obviously big time regression that's not representative, but it's worth mentioning that despite all of the praise heaped on Lonnie Walker, 
He's 134th. Kendrick Nunn started for Patrick Beverly and had zero points, missed all five of his shots. He's horrendous at the moment. Like He had a pretty good preseason. He was a chance to start, and now he is dreadful. And when Beverly returns and when Schroeder returns, he's not going to play. I wouldn't even bother streaming him in. While uh, Matty Ice hit another two threes, eight points in 17 minutes for Ryan, and Austin Reeves had one point in his 25 minutes. Second game, the Wizards and the Grizzlies. The Grizzlies get it done. The Wizards were up really big early. Then the Grizzlies pumped them. Then the Wizards came back and tied it up, but the Grizzlies end up winning 103-97. There was no Brad Beal, who's in the COVID protocols. I'm really, really not expecting him to play tomorrow. DeLon Wright is out, and they made a change, guys. They made a change. Wouldn't you read about it that starting Anthony Gill wasn't the answer? Uh, amazing amazing to hear that uh, he wasn't the solution for their problems. Let's get it on, Gilly. <laughs> now, allegedly, he was ill. But he was available to play. He came on for three minutes and went scoreless. He didn't play at all in the first half. I just know that Wes Unsell is a bad coach. But they went back to Denny Avdia, who didn't do much. Four points on 17% shooting. I'm not telling you that's good because it's not. Ten boards for him. While Corey Kispert started in place of Bradley Beal. Six points, three rebounds, three assists. And part of the reason I'm so down on the Wizards in terms of their front office and their coaching, I just feel like every move they make, especially in the draft, I hate every pick that they make. I just go, oh, why did you take him? Johnny Davis, oh, what are you doing? Corey Kispert, oh my God, what are you doing? Denny Avdia, are you serious? Rui Hachimura, what, what are we doing here? Like every pick feels like a bad pick to me. And I don't know why that is. They just take, with the exception of Avdia, they just always seem to take the guy that I'm much more down on than others. Like I had Kispert in the 20s. I had um, Davis at like 18 or 16 or something. I had uh, Avdia at like 13. I had Hachimura at 20 something. They always go way higher on these guys. So that's why maybe I'm biased against their front office and decision-making. Also, they're bad. Monte Morris, big minutes, 18 points, 33 minutes. Cool. Zero rebounds and one assist. Excuse me? Now, I think with Beal out, he's at least a hold. But after that, no, don't think so. And then Jordan Goodwin, who some games literally has not played, even though he's their only backup point guard. I thought he played better than almost anybody for the Wizards in this game. Nine, eight, and five, two steals and a block. It's not 12-team ad situation at all. It's probably more 18-team or 20-team, but it's worth watching. While well, the future MVP, Kyle Kuzma, had 12 and 11, and it was a stinker for Kristaps Porzingis. Porzingis. 10 and 4 with a steal and three blocks. But it's a stinker because he hit 23% of his shots, which, of course, will go up. Otherwise, not, not the worst. 31 minutes, block those shots, which is obviously really useful. And then Farton Will Barton, who we thought would step it up without Beal. No, you, Will! No, he's ready to sack that. Um, yeah, yeah he, he didn't do anything, did he? Because he's not very good. Two, uh, sorry, 24 minutes, 12 points, four rebounds, five assists. It's not a disastrous line. And maybe he's streamable without Beal, but I, I highly doubt that. Well, Hachimura had 15 and three. Of course, nothing else, as is he is wont to do. For the Grizzlies, Stephen Adams hurt his ankle. He did return to the game, but then, now I know locked on bosses, I'm not allowed to swear, but this is a quote. Um, Stephen Adams said, Steve, like, how's your a- ankle? Yeah, mate, it's a bit fucked. All right, there you go. Straight from the horse's mouth. Adams' ankle is fucked. So he did return, but we know ankles can swell up uh, a lot. So what does this mean? Is he going to... Is he going to miss time? I don't know. It's it's, it's a tough one to say. Um, I, I would expect... Look, he is obviously pretty tough, and he does return pretty quickly. But I, I would expect that with a game tomorrow, 
he's got to be in significant doubt. Meaning, Brandon Clark's value up. Xavier T. Illman value up. Now, I don't know that it's going to last more than just tomorrow, but there's a distinct chance that it does, given, um, again, that he, he said that it was. He had four points, 10 rebounds in 22 minutes. Santi Aldama had three steals and 10 boards in 27 minutes. He's a hold, but if you need a roster spot, you move on. Jar Morant also had a trip to the locker room. He returned. He shot horribly, both field goal and free throw, 33 and 67%, but 23, 9, and 6 is strong. Well, Brandon Clark, again, a good game here. 16 and 5 with two blocks. I don't hate an ad. For him in a 14-team league, I would add him. In a 12 with Adam's uncertainty, maybe. Des Bain was great, 28 points, four triples and four assists. Well, Dylan Brooks, what's the opposite of great? Oh, yeah, shithouse. Nine points on 29% with um, one assist and two steals. The fact that this bloke just keeps shooting and keeps shooting and keeps shooting and keeps missing is frustrating. Um, Jake LaRavia, I thought, flashed a lot. He hit a couple of threes, six points, an assist. He's nowhere near a fantasy-ready player, but he was really interesting the way he played. And I think he is going to develop into a pretty strong player, a pretty strong fantasy option as well in years to come. The next game is one where probably we had the most interesting stuff going on, and that is the Bulls and the Raptors. Very intriguing game. The Raptors win it, 113-104. Um, Zach Levine was out. He'll be back tomorrow. Vooch, 18-12-6. Really good game from Vooch. His last couple have been strong after some really poor efficiency games early. Well, DeRozan, weird game from DeRozan, because you look at it and you go, wow, 6-6 six six from the line. That's fantastic. 78% shooting. Awesome. But only 20 points, 19 usage, 25 and 2. Like, that's not great. That's a weird game. With no Levine, the Rabbit Hunter, Alex Caruso, he started. Quiet. I'm hunting rabbits. Just a hilarious line. Four points on one of 11 shooting with 11 rebounds, 11 assists, two steals, and two blocks. While Levine is out, when Levine is out, you stream him. Otherwise, you don't hold on to him. And Goran Dragic also, massive usage, 25%. Led the team in usage. Had 16 points in just 21 minutes on 60% shooting. He's been putting up some really interesting scoring numbers, which is good for 14-team leagues, but that's probably about it. The last three games for Ayo Desumu, disappointing. He had 15 points on 40%. Now, I talked about this the other day. Oh, maybe, maybe he is a good shooter. Maybe the 60% from two that he's had throughout his entire career just sticks. And since I said that, he's been bad. 15, 3, and 3, still low usage, although this was 20%, but with Levine, you would hope it'd go a little bit higher. 40%, he, and over the last week, is outside the top 140. We don't drop him, but I reckon it could move that direction. Paddy Williams, a rough 31% shooting, but 13 and 7, 3 threes, 2 blocks, that makes him a 12-team league guy. I think you want to add him and see where this goes, because Drummond's probably going to be out most of this week. By the way, I also had someone comment to me, oh, I'm not sure about Pat Williams, because Lonzo's going to be back soon. That is not true. I don't know where people get the information. Do they confuse Lonzo for Lamelo? Lonzo is not back soon. So, yeah, there you go. Lonzo's not back soon. Does that solve that? I think. Fred Van Vliet returned, and of course, he played 39 minutes because I know that everyone loves Masai Ujiri and they won, but the fact they have no guards that they can use is, is a failure, I, I think, on Masai's part. I, I think it's a massive failure. Regardless, 30 points, 5 threes, 5 rebounds, 11 assists. Van Vliet's really good. That's a fantastic performance. The Jedi, Ojananobi. What is going, getting into this guy? He's oh, he's great. But what about Scarves? OG. Stop ones. OG. Uh, you better stop OG. Like every year, I'm like, man, man, I'm into, I'm into OG. Yeah, I'm into him. Yeah, he's, he's going to take a step forward. He's, and this year, I had to be like, you know what? I really like OG. He's the best perimeter defender in the NBA or one of the top two. Um, but I'm just not going to draft him at 55. I just don't like it there. And now he's he's killing me. 22 and 6, three steals, a block, two triples, 53% shooting. 
He's the 22nd ranked player this season. Can you believe it? He's dominating. Scotland Barnes, 40 minutes, 19 and 10. He was shooting 42% from three. He had 29% in this game, so that's going to fall off, but a solid game nonetheless. And I'm going to get to the big story in a second. Actually, we'll do it now. Christian Coloco, 31 minutes. Now, there's a lot to go through here, and I've mentioned this in a few different spots, but and I'll mention it again now. Last game when Siakam got injured at the end of the third quarter with about three minutes to go, I think it was. All right, he got injured then. Coloco played zero minutes after that. It was all Boucher and Achua. All right, Coloco had been starting every game that Van Vliet had missed, and he'd been starting, and that happened again today. So this is not a clear-cut case that we're going to get 31 minutes of Coloco or not. He had 11-7 and seven with six blocks. I think five of those blocks came in the first half. In fact, nearly all of that production came in the first half. This is, without doubt, a really good line. But the fact that everyone who comes off the bench for this team, everyone who comes off the bench, Boucher, Porter, Young, and Achua, they're all centers or, in Porter's case, a power forward, means that if anything happens and Coloco is not playing at this extreme career-best level, which he was in this game, then he just won't get these minutes because they can go to Boucher. They can go to Achua. They can go to small ball with Thad Young. They can do a bunch of things. I, And I could be easily wrong and there is nothing wrong with taking a grab of Coloco but I fear that it's chasing it's chasing this performance because this game Achua played 14 minutes and Boucher Boucher played 22 what's to stop Boucher getting 25 next game and Achua 25 and Coloco playing 21 because he has four and four with a block and it doesn't play anywhere near as well it has to be distinctly possible with the way that Nurse runs all those big men rotation and the fact that every player coming off the bench can fill that role, basically. Yes, I think Coloco is a significantly better player already than Achua and a much better prospect and a significantly better prospect than Boucher, who's not a prospect because he's 31 years old. That is all true, but that doesn't mean that Nurse is just going to give him 30 minutes every night. The other thing to factor in here is that um, old mate Gary Trent wasn't nice. He played 21 minutes. So we got those extra minutes there. So they didn't go as small as they have in the past, and they were able at times to play Coloco and Achua and Coloco and Boucher together because Trent was really bad in this game. In fact, for a game that they won by nine points, Gaza was somehow a minus 25. Precious was a minus 20 because he's just consistently bad. Now, as for Trent, it's been definitely much worse than last season. He's the 142nd ranked player this year. He had 12-3-0 with a block shot terribly from the field and terribly from the line. He's scoring well in general, but as we said a million times, if the steals don't come in at almost record levels, not quite record levels, but at that level, is he actually doing anything for you? And the answer is no. We hold on to him, and he was a guy that I did fade, even though his ADP was like at 85 or 90, and I said, I'm not that interested there. He can be better than this, and I wouldn't drop him, but he's also heavily reliant on like 1.8 steals. And I think that seems pretty obvious at this point. Um, as for Achua, like I said on the wave washer, I don't know why I added him. Like, he's not a good long-term prospect. He's not even guaranteed to be a 12-team league guy now. There are other guys I would have preferred. And one of them was Boucher, who also is not a great long-term prospect. Boucher was all right, eight and six, a steal and two blocks, but he had been shooting at like 70%, and that was going to fall off. And it did here. He hit 40%, and that dropped his overall value down. But that's what I mean. Like, if he has a game where he shoots 60%, then he gets 26 minutes, and Coloco plays 23 and then Coloco doesn't block six shots, and then he's the 250th ranked player. Coloco started a bunch of games this year, yet he's ranked outside the top 250. This is one good game, but it really smells like chasing if you go to... You can absolutely add him. He looks good. I love him as a prospect. Could this mean good things? Yes. And sometimes you have to take that chance knowing that it's got a likelihood of failing. 
But by no means is this a guarantee. The bang Coloco's in. He's locked in. He's 30. He's taking Siakam's role. I don't think that's the case. But again, the proof, as they say, will be in the pudding. All right. Let's do the last game of the night. The Jazz. The all-conquering Utah Jazz. They do it again. Over the Clippers, 110-102, the final score. The man on the street, Jordan Clarkson. J-O-R-D-A-N-C-L-A-R-K-S-O-N. I grabbed him in a few leagues late last round, second last round, but didn't know this was going to happen. 30 minutes, 23 points, 6 dribbles, 5 assists. He's a top 100 player, 53% shooting here. He's going to have ups and downs, but he's great at the moment. So is Mark, and I picked him in a lot of spots too. Didn't expect a top 20 player. Um, 18 and 9, a triple 1, 7 of 7 from the line. Amazing. Well, Mike Conley, I didn't really get him in as many spots, but yeah, he's killing it. 33 minutes, 17, 7 and 4 with two steals. Really interesting to see whether he does play tomorrow in the back-to-back. Olenek had some foul issues, 9, 4 and 4. Not his best game, but he still remains a top 80 player this season. While with Jared Vanderbilt bar out, they did start Malik Beasley. He had 10 points in 31 minutes with two triples. Beasley is rostered in a ton of 12-team leagues. He does not need to be. Get that garbage out of here! All he is is a three streamer. With Vanderbilt out, there were some that thought maybe Walker Kessler would start. I did not think that would be the case. He pushed up in minutes a little bit, but 16 minutes, four and five with two blocks. The two blocks are useful, but what this does show you that mm, they're not really in any rush to push Kessler into a large role. So holding him or stashing him in 12-team leagues doesn't seem like the right move. Because if you know, someone's out, they just move guys up. And that can all change if Felinic is traded or Beasley is traded or things change in a lot of ways. But they are not committed to running that three-big lineup. And Vanderbilt out, they just went in a different direction. Colin Sexton, 27 minutes, 22 points. He's a really good scorer. That's really good. 22 points. The problem for him in fantasy is just the lack of everything else. Three rebounds, two assists. Eight of nine from the line is great. He is pushing those minutes up. He probably should be on a roster now, but where does he sit? 120th, maybe. This This is good though. The scoring is super, super useful. So that's good. And he is getting more playing time now. And they're playing him with Conley a little bit more. For the Clippers, of course, they are still without Kawhi Leonard for I don't know how long. And they were without the Duck Luke Kennard. Looks like Kennard will miss tomorrow as well. Paul George was great, especially early. 34-8-4 with five threes. Well, Zubat's played another 35 minutes. It's going to keep happening while Kawhi is out, I reckon. 12-9, but three steals and a block. Zubats is a top 50 player this season. Ah, He's going to fall away, and you probably can't sell high, but good numbers. Terrence Mann started with um, Kennard out. 30 minutes, 14-3-3, two steals. I think he played three minutes the game before that. Don't read into it. While Morris started out, I think he had like eight points in the first four minutes. Ended with 18-3-3. Continues to play at a really solid level without Kawhi. Just keep riding him. At some point, it is going to fall away. Um, Storm and Norman Powell, man, he is. He's terrible. What is going on with this bloke? Six points in 21 minutes. I don't think there's any real justification. He's ranked outside the top 250. There's no justification for holding him, I don't think, in 10 or 12 team leagues because the thing would be, I just wait till Kawhi's out. Well, okay. This is what's happening when Kawhi's out. And maybe he gets better, and he probably does, but holy shit, it's really bad. Reggie Jackson doesn't deserve 12 team league roster status apart from streaming maybe tomorrow. No, it's not. There's 15 games on. Screw that. Get that garbage out of here! He played 20 minutes while John Wall played 28 minutes. Now, all the John Wall fans, and I am actually a John Wall fan, you're going to be pretty disappointed when I go to the next part of the, of the show later on. But he showed some really good flashes today, especially in the second half. 
but his shooting is atrocious. And while he looks good, he flashes good things, he's helpful for the Clippers, he's still not a top 200 player this season in fantasy. 12 points, 3 rebounds, 6 assists, and 2 steals. And you cannot argue that 6 assists is good, uh, isn't good, or 2 steals. They are. They're really good numbers. And he is helpful in those areas. But he is still rostered in far too many leagues. He's fine if you want to have him for 12s for assist value. Like, if you wanted him over Monte Morris, I get it. I do get it. He's pushing up into minutes. But so many negatives from John Wall this season. Rebounds, threes. The scoring, 12 is not enough. The percentages, they're they're terrible. Bob Covington, six minutes in his return. He doesn't need to be rostered in 12-team leagues either. Let us move on now across to the lines of the night. Your monstrous line of the night does go to the big fella in Toronto, Freddles Van Vliet. The waiver wire and the young gun of the night goes to Christian Coloco. We spent a lot of time on him earlier. And the dud of the night is John Wall. Now, is that a little bit unfair? 12, 3, and 6 with two steals isn't bad. Yeah, he missed both his free throws only. He was 40% from the field. He didn't hit a three, and he's bad at rebounds and didn't get any blocks. And it wasn't, I could have given it to Lonnie Walker, but I don't like to give it to guys who spend half the game in the locker room. That's a bit unfair. Gary Trent was right there as well. But according to my like ranking metrics, Wall was marginally behind him. And that's the problem is he has these massive negatives. And the free throws have been atrocious this season. So that's why he gets the dud or not. But again, it wasn't a terrible game from him. Let's look at the um, top 10 players for category leagues today. Number one was Van Vliet, followed by Paul George, Don Mitchell, Des Bain, the big fella in Chicago, Nikola Vucevic. It's Vucevic. Number six was Russell Westbrook. Price of the brick going up. Seven was the man on the street, Jordan Clarkson. Eight was Ananobi. Nine was Larry Markinen. And 10 was DeMar DeRozan. Your top 10 players rostered in under 50% of leagues. Number one was Coloco. Sure, but I don't really trust it. Jordan Goodwin. Hmm. Interesting. With Beal out, I don't really think there's much to do, but it is a deeper league watch for sure. He's been in and out of the rotation, but how he played today, I think he should stick in the rotation. Terrence Mann. Okay, good performance. Canard is probably going to be out again in the next couple of games. Maybe stream him for 14s. Goran Dragic, not really. Will Barton, they're just stream options, these guys. Daniel Gafford, no. Otto Porter is only a stream on low volumes. Walker Kessler, just a block streamer, not a hold. Thad Young, real deep league stuff. And Troy Brown, probably a little bit better than, say, what Thad Young or Otto Porter provides. Your top 10 players in points leagues today. One was Van Vliet, then Paul George, Don Mitchell, Ananobi, Caruso, Morant, Anthony Davis, LeBron James, Vooch, and Jarrett Allen. And guys... That'll do it for me today. Don't forget to follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app. And if you are here on YouTube, you know what to do. You thumb it up, you leave your comments down below, you ring the bell, and you subscribe. Like, that's so easy, and it helps a lot. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.